Yo, what is happening, ladies and gents? Welcome to episode number 118 of the Ready for Anything podcast. Guys, what I'd love you to do before we get into this, please screenshot it, please tag me in your stories. Please, please, please get the message out there because it's the only way this podcast is going to grow. So I want to make this one a, a wee special one. It's the Keltman recap. So um, for anyone that's listening to this back, I just literally completed the Keltman triathlon. You probably heard some of the previous podcasts that I've done in this. And we have, we've got a vlog in the pipeline, which hasn't been created yet. But if you are listening to this and it's an old episode, you will find that on my YouTube. But we don't have a date it's going to be launched yet. It's currently the the 22nd of June. So I'm assuming it's probably going to 22nd of June, 2023. So it's probably going to be ready in the next couple of weeks. But that vlog is going to basically go into detail of everything that we went through, what happened. And it's going to kind of relive the day and I'm very, very excited for it. But this is sort of three key lessons that I kind of took away from the Keltman. So let's get straight to them. Number one, I genuinely underestimated how hard it was. I knew this was going to be hard. But there was it was a different level of hard in the sense of there was a, it, it wasn't just a race against other people. I was there to to basically compete in my own race against myself. But on the cycle leg, it was very windy, it was very hilly. And I thought in my head I would be coming in eight hours on the bike max. And I didn't even look at the cutoffs for the bike. I just looked at the cutoff for T2A, which was the second part of the run. So I was like, if I get there in under 13 hours, I'm gonna do that. That's absolutely fine. But I never looked at the cutoff point for the bike because I never even thought it would be an issue. And it got to the point when I started calculating it and there was a chance, guys, that I wasn't going to make this, that I genuinely was not going to make this. And I was speaking to other people on the bikes, which was probably one of the worst things that I could have done. And they were feeling the same way because it was so windy. We had like a 45, 50 mile headwind. It was horrendous. It was very hilly, as we know. And it was fucking like 30 degrees. Um, and I was I, I was getting them on head. I was like really, really worried. And I started really being like, oh my God, you're actually vlogging this. You've invested a lot of money in this. Your full family's here. You've been training for this for six and a half months. It's all you have been talking about. And when I went to it, there was never a part of me that was going to quit. And I was not going to quit. But I really had to make peace with that on that cycle. And I had to kind of like really have a word with myself. Like, who was it going to be if I didn't do it? What was going to do? And I was even going through points of like, shit, I'm going to need to do this again next year. And I really had to embrace humility and be like, you might not do this, Christian. And the circumstances that I accepted, well, I said, you know what? Well, all I can do is do the best I fucking possibly can until someone says I haven't done it. And that's the mindset that I really had to step into. And there's two lessons to take away from this, guys, is that like, there's only one way to do something and it's the best way that you possibly can. But secondly, which is the most important part from this, is that like, if there isn't a risk of you feeling like a fool, not looking like a fool, because you're not going to, I wouldn't have looked like a fool doing that. There might have been some assholes that laughed at me, but like everyone would have had pure admiration for me getting up there and doing that and putting yourself under under scrutiny and in the fire line that you might feel. But I definitely underestimated like how hard that bike ride would be. It was it was definitely, it was hard. It was the hardest, probably one of the, the cycle alone was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. It was, it was so hard. Number two, I do what I do because it reinforces the person that I am. And this is something that I said to Joe. It's something that I said at the end of the vlog. And it's something that I genuinely, this is why I do this shit. And I'll be honest, when I started kind of doing events and stuff, it was mostly just for a bit of bravado and because I thought it was cool. And it's becoming very fashionable to do stuff like this. And it's the same with getting in shape, guys. Like 
you do this stuff, but let's be honest, like you might start working with a coach, you might work with someone just because you want to look a bit better on the scud, right? You want to look a bit better naked, right? You can start off with that. And I think sometimes folk have these big like glorified stories as to why they do things. And it doesn't need to be that. It just needs to be like one thing. And for a lot of people, it's it's through some sort of selfish reason because they want to feel good at themselves, look cool, operate cool and do something that's admirable. And for me, that's why I started doing this stuff. And, and the Keltman was always a pipe dream for me. It was something I remember seeing a good few years ago. I think I seen it on like BBC Alba. Um, and I seen a few other people doing it. Then I started watching blogs about it. And I was like, this is fucking elite, man. This is like different level shit. And it was, it was different level stuff. And the thing that made me so proud crossing that line and why I got upset was it really, really stood for a lot. It stood for the wee guy that when he was, 17 years old joining the military that looked at everyone else that was fit and I wasn't very fit and I had pure fucking, I looked up to everyone else. It was a wee guy that was at fucking school that always got picked last, that wasn't good at any particular sport, that wasn't very athletic, that didn't have a natural ability. And I felt like my entire life I've been a bit of an underdog and I still feel like a bit of an underdog. And it really stood for a lot for me and it was very special for me to have my parents there. Obviously, Ailey, obviously my family, but I'm very aware of mortality and I'm not talking mom about mom and dad's death is imminent, right? It's I don't know. It's not. I hope it's not. But the point I'm trying to get at here is I was so fucking, I was so buzzing to be able to do that and for them to be there for that experience. It made me very emotional. It makes me even emotional thinking about it now. And then number three, stop fucking waiting on the, the, the right time for stuff to happen, right? Like, there was some folk there. There was a guy there that was 67 years old. Me and Joe were running around the, the mountain part at the end. And we were like, oh, I was flagging. And, and Joe was carrying me along, feeding me little sweets. He was giving, I kept nearly being sick because I just felt so bad. I'd go through phases of being so high in energy and so low in energy. And he would just give me a wee round trees foot pastel to put under my tongue. Like I was I was like fucking sky getting fed a treat because I, I just couldn't even stomach it. And then I was struggling to drink water. I was struggling to drink ice tonic drinks. I just felt so shit. And I was, and I would feel good, then I'd feel bad, and and we met this guy, and his name is Chris. I actually um, spoke to him. He's birthday. We had like a joke. It doesn't even make any sense. But his birthday's the twenty eighth of November, and I was like, my birthday's the twenty fourth of November, and, and I was like, Chris, how old are you? And he's like 67. 67 fucking years old. And do you know what he said to me and Joe? I'm gonna peak my when I'm seventy. And me and Joe were just, we were in awe. We were in absolute fucking awe of this guy. Like just. There's people saying that they can't do things and there's a fucking 67-year-old guy going around one of the hardest tri triathlons in the world. Like, it's mental. Like, absolutely mental. Like, it gives me fucking shivers, man, even thinking about it. But the, the thing I'm trying to get at here and it probably contradicts what I'm saying is like, stop waiting on the fucking perfect time, right? Because see, the longer you wait to do something, that you're actually like, you're, you're one step closer for it not happening because you're shortening the opportunity and the window for it to happen and because we've all got a fucking end date we've, we're all born and we all die right and what we need to realize is loads of folk are always like i when i retire or when i do this and when i do that and i do this thing and once i've got this house and ultimately what you need to realize is the version of you even three months from now is going to be different they may have different circumstances they may have different responsibilities they may be wearing a different hat they may have different desires Something might happen very tragically. Something might happen very great that immediately means that you don't have as much time. And what we need to realize is that like, if you've got this thing that you're thinking about, start fucking working towards it now and stop waiting on it to happen to you because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And do you know what's going to happen? You're going to be fucking full of regret for not doing it. And that's that, That's what I really learned from this. That This was something to me, it was like, 
was a pinnacle thing. And it's been in the back of my mind for years, so much so that I didn't even want to say it out loud for a long period of time because it was so scary and so overwhelming. And yeah, just stop waiting on the right time for things to happen because like I, I listened to a really good podcast yesterday. It was kind of talking about life, like is like Tetris, right? And loads of folk are like, oh, I'll do this when I'm in my 40s or when I'm in my 50s or when I retire. So when you retire, you're not going to have the same desires as you had when you were in your 20s or 30s. So what the fuck are you waiting on? Like, what are you waiting on? Do something about it and just do it. Or be like Chris and uh, peak when you're 70. What a hero. But guys, that is my, my main sort of key lessons from uh, the Kelvin. I hope you enjoyed that and I hope you took a lot away from it. And uh, yeah, please screenshot this, share it to your story, send it to someone that you know this will help. And uh, yeah, catch you in a bit.